Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on the screen porch. What a difference a week makes. I cannot believe our frigid temps switched to a dancing at 50 degrees the last few days. It was fun to hear comebacks from last week's chat about the wisdom and the rhythm of water. One of the participants in a writer's group I'm part of lives in Canada where snow is plentiful. Reminded me that snow is dehydrating. I had heard that too, but I just never really understood why. So of course I had to research it. And it turns out if you are dehydrated out in the wilderness and you eat snow, it takes more energy to melt it before your body can absorb the benefits. And so it's only after the snow melts and you drink it as water that it can become a hydration in a pinch. And that was something I learned from sunnysports.com. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed ringing in the new year. We celebrated with dear friends who are both musical. Jim Radcliffe teaches piano, and Ruth is a voice instructor. And more recently, she's delved into sound healing, which is so fascinating. She shared a video of how sounds impact cells, and the animation reminded me of kaleidoscopes. Do you remember those as a kid? You look through the telescope-like thingy, twist it around, and there's all these mirrors and pieces of colored paper or glass inside, and the reflections make patterns. They say that geometrical shapes are never the same, just like the crystals and the snowflakes we spoke about. And when you think about it, none of us are the same either, but we're made up of the same things on the outside. But it's the inside where our beauty resides, the inner beauty of our souls and our personality. We're all kaleidoscopes. <laughs> While only you know what's inside, when the light shines through you, others see your beauty. So I don't know why I got in that little diversion, but again, it was fascinating to dig into the concept of how sound heals your body and soul and the kaleidoscope looking animation of the cells was just so fascinating to see. Several studies show how sound impacts cells, health and well-being. The same is true for animals and plants. Much of the research is way over my head and science savvy, but it's still fascinating. We've spoken before about forest bathing being in the woods, observing the sights, sounds, smell, and touch, and tastes around you. Then there are other senses you gain from being in nature, the sense of well-being and belonging. And that was episode 34, if you want to bounce back to that. Given the breakthrough mud season after the thaw, not a good day for dogs. We took a road walk rather than a walk in the woods on New Year's Day. Living in farm country, you can enjoy nature easily, but it's true wherever you are. Even in a city, there are parks and street trees and potted plants, and of course, there are birds. Bird sounds are soothing, though it depends on one's opinion about birds. For instance, the sound of pigeons often irritate folks because of their behavior in big cities. Others have superstitions about particular birds, such as owls, although I adore them, but these superstitions can impact the reactions to the sounds. As we were turning by the lamb farm on Cobblewood Road, I noticed a big red-headed bird fly into a tree, quickly followed by loud pecking sounds. A palliated woodpecker. They're so cartoon-like, bringing to mind a story from long ago that starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. 
How much wood can a woodpecker peck when a woodpecker can peck wood? The answer is lots. <laughs> it's true the jingle is usually about a woodchuck, but it was the first thing that came to mind when I heard from Barbara of Sparta, New Jersey, who has a mischievous palliated woodpecker working on a tree next to her house. He's leaving behind big piles of wood chips in the snow, Barbara reports, adding, five holes so far, rectangular, about ten inches long and five inches wide. Exclamation point. Barbara asked, should I have the tree taken down, or might they nest in those huge holes? Which would be wonderful if that were the case. The palliated woodpecker is about crow size, black and white striped with bright red cap-like crest. Their long neck excitedly drums on their feast, sounding like hammering. They can be heard a quarter of a mile away, says my birder buddy Dennis of Blairstown, New Jersey. He went on to say Barbara's woodpecker is probably finding a colony of carpenter ants. Hence, her tree is not likely in its glory and may be rotting in the middle. The palliated woodpecker's primary food is carpenter ants, supplemented by other ants, wood-boring beetle larvae, termites, and other insects. They also eat wild fruits and nuts. Palliated woodpeckers are monogamous and bond for life. Their territory can be 150 to 200 acres, so seeing more than two birds together at a time is very rare, although I did see two of them bantering one time on a tree. It was very funny. I didn't know if they were a couple or not. Probably long-married couple of palliated woodpeckers. Is that possible? Well, they do mate for life. They prefer a dense, mature forest for nesting, and they usually nest 25 to 70 feet high in the tree, so Barbara's is a feeding tree, not a nesting tree. Like the feeding holes, the nest entrance is oblong, about three and a half inches, and the cavity is between 10 and 24 inches deep. So again, about the same size as what Barbara described. And as you would guess by the nesting and feeding hole size, the beautiful birds can kill a tree. Oh my gosh, right on cue. That's the palliated woodpecker sound. I don't know if it caught it on the mic. That would be so funny. Given the house's proximity, it's best to take down Barbara's tree before Woody the woodpecker does. Maybe that's why their call is a loud, far-carrying laugh. Mischievous birds. Garden dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com Yes, indeed, colorful birds like cardinals and blue jays and bluebirds and palliated woodpeckers against the leafless trees pop in the winter, and their sights bring attention to their sounds and behaviors. Fascinating and soothing to watch. No doubt observing birds in winter brings to life what seems lifeless, although we've spoken before about how much is going on in nature underground, preparing for the next season of growth. I'm thinking about birds, and my mind is jumping to a scene that I recall so vividly and so, oh gosh, so heartfully. And it was when I took my niece Katie to Virginia to visit with her grandma, my mom. It was when my brother Bill was ill. I overheard her at the crack of noon when she rose. Of course, she was a teenager then. She and my mom were observing a songbird outside the, the window, and um, I overheard them looking through a bird book and identifying the little fella. I had no idea at that point in time that the journey of dementia would be so long, and I will forever cherish the memory of that conversation. Indeed, sights and sounds make a difference. So take time and enjoy nature, even in the winter. Noticing the treasure is not easy to see when the world is green and lush. We should all become astute observers, indeed, and less judging of things like crows, <laughs> things like pigeons, things like blue jays that I once didn't like too much because of the 
beaking on the head while jogging long ago. Becoming an astute observer not only adds joy to your day, but the joy helps your health and soothes your soul. Thanks so much for coming by. I always enjoy our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already, so it magically appears in your feed, and share with a friend or two so more can join us in learning and growing in the garden of life. I'd love to hear about some of your observations in winter that light up your world, and uh, you can email me at askmarystone at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you next time. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.